Hello. Thanks for listening to Tea with Terry. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. And if you are, we'd appreciate you hitting the like button and maybe leaving a review and uh, also subscribing. If you'd like to contact us, reach out to us on Instagram at Tea with Terry Podcast. Now, on to the show. So hello and welcome to our special odds and ends episode. With all the craziness going on with the election and everything still being unsettled, instead of us trying to record a show and talk about the dumb things we normally talk about, I thought it would be fun to pull up a few clips from earlier episodes that didn't make it into the final cut. For our first clip, this is just a little bit of pre-show discussions and just an example of the way Terry and I prepare for one of our shows. Hope you enjoy it. And next week, Terry and I will be back recording a new episode with our post-election discussion. Okay. All my right. heartbeat. Listen to my heartbeat. Can you name that tune? Uh, that was a uh, little bit of heart and soul from Tapao. Nope. It was the Partridge family. Oh, yeah. I don't. I blocked out the Partridge family from my... I embraced it. No, I couldn't do it. I, I'm not a Partridge family embraced fan. embraced it. Okay, all right. Listen to my heartbeat, and you didn't even say a word. For our next clip, this is a rare car talk moment where I'm telling Terry about the my favorite 1970s gullwing door car called a Bricklin. I told you I wanted to buy a Bricklin because it has those gullwing doors. And I, I almost bought a Bricklin, but then Lisa said that if, if I get one, then I, I have to get a divorce with it. Oh, <laughs> dang, you'd have to live in it. Well, I, I would like to get the BMW that has those doors that go up. I mean, it looks like a spaceship. Well, if you go on Legacy West on any given night, especially the weekends, you there's at least three that park in a row. So I don't know if BMW's just like putting them there for sales or if those three people go somewhere bougie and get drinks together. Couldn't tell you. Oh, those are cool looking. I had, I've never seen those. It's the I-8. Yeah. Oh, and they're only 170000 I got a, a good good friend of mine's got the, uh, he's got the, the Tesla SUV that has the gold wings on it. And then the Lamborghinis have scissor doors, but you know what? I have a Jeep with no doors, and it's actually my favorite. What's the difference between a BMW whose wings that go up? You just said it's 175000 160000 So what uh, is a Lamborghini like in the same price range? Well, they can be. Double? The Lamborghini goes higher, but there's different types of doors. This is what I learned. So gold wings are the ones that literally like they, they go straight out from the car. They're like the DeLoreans. They, they hinge in the middle. Uh, Lamborghinis also have scissor doors. And what those do is those kind of scissor, they slide upwards, but they slide up towards the front of the car, not towards the middle. And so it's a different type of thing. The gold wings are really, it's actually not the best design for doors for a lot of reasons. Because how are you going to park if you park next to somebody at the Whole Foods because their slots are small? You're hosed. Like, you're going to bash into Well, first somebody. of all, the, next to the Whole Foods, everybody's driving their smart car or their plug-in exactly. car. Exactly. Their spaces are tiny. So just Yeah, but you shouldn't be driving anyway because the Whole Foods, you should be walking because your carbon footprint means more than the food. That's not a true story. <laughs> but next movie. No, but no, they actually, but the goings take up less space than a traditional door. Because they're going up. They only cover about 12 inches of space. I, I looked into it. You do seem to know a lot about the doors. So that's interesting. Well, because I wanted to get a brick you know me, I like to do things that nobody else has. And they only made 2,000 of these Bricklands. And I love them. They were two-seat, like muscle car going doors. And I was looking at them at 
they're at the auctions and it's so impractical. I mean, I, are they like 50,000, 150,000, 750 million? 7,500 bucks was the one I was going to buy and it was restored. 7,500? That's it? Yeah, because nobody knows about these things. They're a Canadian car and it's cool. It's crap, but like it's, and the thing is it's pneumonic. So when you hit the button, the doors go when they open. Yeah, but you got that really awesome Jaguar at the auction that I loved. You never let me drive it. And then you got rid of it before I even got a chance to act like I was on a parade. I'm still salty about that. It's just, I don't like driving. I don't like being low anymore. Well, I'm still salty that you didn't just let me go enjoy the day, you know, with my hair wrapped up like, oh, I don't know, some actress from the 60s with some like super red lipstick on and just squealing like Thelma and Louise, but only Thelma and, you know, throw beads at people like I was in a parade. Like I'm still... (laughs) salty about the whole situation i live with regrets terry and that's probably near the top of the list it really is i could have been like audrey hepburn i could have worn long white gloves i could have had a cute little hat i could have had a scarf and i could have been like hey happy mardi girl like well why, why don't you go in, in our friend's plans. lime green caddy that he has from the 1970s it's a well it just doesn't have the same feel as like the coolest convertible jag year ever in the history of all jaguars and you teased me you parked it in my driveway and then you were like and you peeled out what threw dust on me and you never came back well what happened terry is i just looked at you and i said look she's not worthy i don't think you're you're a jaguar worthy it's just well you just weren't there i I hope you can get there one day but i just right now you're just not there yet damn it (laughs) all right well i got a lot of work to do okay so shifting from cars we are now going to move on to movies where Terry is trying to explain to me the Keanu Reeves movie she recently watched. And uh, I can't remember the name John of it. John Wick 2? John no, Wick 3? I actually did like that. John Wick was not bad. No, it was a movie where this sphere came down to Earth and laid out a blob. The, the day the Earth stood still. No. Um, this blob came out of it. And they're like, holy crap, a blob. And they took it back to the station. And they're all like getting pieces of it. And it just starts falling apart. And then there was him, and he was the alien, but in a human form. Like, he had to be born on the planet Earth so that this alien could, like, figure yeah. out what the hell. And then this... It's called The Day the Earth Stood Still. Are you sure? It's a remake of a 1950s movie. I never saw it because it was starring Keanu Reeves. Well, I don't know why you don't like the canoe. I mean... Well, but again, I, oh, I love Keanu Reeves. Like, like, Constantine is great. The Matrix first, and it got... Totally worse. You know, John Wick well, is great. Well, and this is obviously a sci-fi because it involves aliens. Yeah, but th- remember I told you a few episodes ago how I don't like to mess with things that I think are already perfect. The original Day the Earth Stood Still was a, a masterpiece of classic theater. So why would I want to watch some remake that's just going to make me sad that they remade it? I don't know, Steve. You put a lot of um, thought into things that I don't think a lot of other people do. I mean, you just sit down. If it's on, you just... I don't watch something and go like, oh, my God, they did this in 1942. And it was amazing. Like, I'm not going to redo it. I'm like all in. Let me ask you a question. Let me take it down to the to your your sacred cow, as they say. What if they did a remake of Anti-Mame? Uh, they already did. And it was Lucille Ball. No, no, no. Like they now, did. what if they did one now and Christian Stewart played the lead? I would be all in. I would be the first one to get a freaking ticket. And then when then when you see that they just butchered it like they do so many times, wouldn't you just be? Well, then I would just be able to go and tell anyone that would want to hear me that I think, you know, Rosalind Russell 
is still queen of that <laughs> show. And then Lucille Ball, but I didn't like the Lucille Ball version. Yeah, well, that's like me. You know, Julie Newmar is always the best Catwoman. Now, I've seen other Catwomen, but every Holly time Berry's I... Holly Berry's hot. I mean, you can't deny it, but... Uh, Oh, but you know, Julie, Julie Newmar was Catwoman. But that falls into like superheroes, so I've never seen any of them, nor would I. Well, if you saw Julie Newmar as Catwoman, you would probably get hooked. That's probably the reason you didn't. You never saw Well, her. you know how I know that name is from Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything. When they are sitting in the booth and it's um, oh Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipe and John Lugazamo and uh, I feel like there's a fourth one. Maybe it's just somebody that I don't know. But anywho, they're... Um, Apparently so. <laughs> they are... What do you call it? They're um, transvestites. Reminiscing? No, they're dressed like women. And, they, and they're sitting in a diner, and they're on their way to like the competition for the winner of um, drag queens. Sorry, drag queens. They're going to the drag queen competition. And that Julie Newmar, thanks for everything, is on the wall of the diner. And they're like... We are taking this. She is going to be good luck. And they rip it down and they make a couple of references. So that's how I know who you're talking about because she was like a pinup girl in like the whatever, 40s? Uh, no, I don't think she's that. She was 50s, 50s and 50s? 60s. Okay. Yeah, she, yeah, she was. So you know the movie I'm talking about, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks I, for Everything? I never saw it, but yeah, I do know it. I did, okay. I did see so it advertised. It was not a bad movie. Yeah, but Terry, you have some personal experience with movies, right? My girlfriend was in the Pelican Brief, Denise, if you're listening, and you can see her in the scene down by the river. Can you see her face? Yeah. What's she doing? She's in the crowd, so she's like, hey, what's up? Everybody in Baton Rouge was in three movies. I was in two, she was in three, and you can see her in the Pelican Brief. You can't see me in Everybody's All-American because... I was in the stands when they were filming the football scene, so it really doesn't count. And I was in the movie The Blaze, and you can see me in that movie for .001 second. Where? In the strip scene where Lolita Davidovich is stripping, and she has a fur coat, and she hangs up the fur coat, and I walk by, and, and I'm, I look confused because I was, and then that was it. So you're in a scene with a hot chick stripping, so nobody's ever seen you in the yeah, movie. nobody's looking at me. Like, I might as well have been an elephant. Like, nobody was looking at me, for sure. God, that's a lot. Yes. I gotta check that out, though. Oh, I've got it recorded. If you come over, I'll just push play and my scene's right there. I'm surprised it's not like on your phone screen and all the other right. stuff. The- no, I've never like, you know, signed autographs or anything. I was the cigarette girl. I, w- I want to take that picture. I want to print it out. And I want you to sign them and hang it on my wall. I did go to the movie set that was on Florida Boulevard. They took us a warehouse and they turned it into this movie set. And it was pretty amazing. And they had like, you know, the food tent and they had like the actor's tent and then they have like the real actor's tent paul newman which i could see it from afar but i didn't get that close to him well ever well once or twice because i went where i wasn't supposed to but i did hang out with a bunch of strippers and one of them's name was sunshine and she was super awesome and they brought all the strippers in and hookers i guess from new orleans so of course i hung out with them and asked them a million questions wait and then i hung out in the food were tent. these are really strippers and, ho- and hookers or were these just actresses absolutely no, no 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 like they went to new orleans and said hey girls you want some candy and brought them to new Orleans. and brought them to baton rouge they hung out with me i went into a trailer every single day for like three weeks got my hair and makeup done had my own little costume and i was in the movie 
for 0. .00001 second, and I got paid minimum wage every day for three weeks. Damn, that's a good good gig. It was a great gig. Oh, so these were the extras that were the other strippers and prostitutes in the yes, in the thing in the movie The Blaze. Okay, but these weren't actual like street walking people. No, they were actual hookers. Like as soon as they got done, I went back to LSU to try to get back in school and they went back to Bourbon Street to turn a few tricks. Like that was their life. <laughs> Sunshine, that was her name. Sunshine was a, a, a certified bona fide hooker stripper. Okay, let I don't think and, you're allowed to say bona fide stripper hooker. I think that adjective is not appropriate in this uh Okay, well, I mean, she really <laughs> was who she was and and she was lovely. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you can't use the word bona fide cuz that's going to have all okay, kind of Okay. So genuine. Okay, that's thank you. That's a lot more Authentic. appropriate with less graphic images in my head. Well, I'll tell you some things about her off camera and off video or whatever we're doing. Off mic? Is this mic hot? Is this a hot mic? <laughs> Um, I'll tell you when the mic's not hot, but anywho, yeah. true story, all of it. Every Anytime bit of it. you're talking about bona fide strippers, it's it's a hot okay, mic. Okay, well, anyway. then I'll tell you when it's cold. <laughs> all right, Terry. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this uh, this episode, and uh, I do have one other kind of uh, announcement for that's on the side of not necessarily related to this, but you know, as you know, I do. Uh, board games and you know my website is nettygames.com n-e-d-d-y games.com and so i went ahead and put together a discount code for anybody that listens to the show if they want to buy any of the games so if you go and buy anything on netty games uh put in tea with terry just all together you get 15 percent off of whatever you buy so that is and awesome. I'm gonna have, well, you know, I always tag Nutty Games in the podcast. Well, that's awesome. So, yeah. so if, Yeah, I always put it on So, there. if you just go to NettyGames.com and, like, we have this conspiracy game, the new travel game. We have Finn Doctor. Uh, we have the Origins game that we have out. So, if any of those things you want to get, it's uh, it's 15% off what you want to buy and uh, would appreciate it. Other than that. Well, and you were sweet enough to send a friend of mine the um, conspiracy game and my family who helped. And your family also sponsored me on Kickstarter. Several of them yes, did. Yes, he did. I yes, think, he uh, did. Debbie and Jean did. Yeah. No, they were awesome. Yeah, your family was part of the very first game was part of the uh, playtesting that we that I used to refine the game. Well, and Uncle Gene just like sat in the corner and murmured all the answers. Like he was like, Marilyn Monroe. And nobody listened. Then you're like, the answer is Marilyn Monroe. He was like, I freaking knew it. Like he, <laughs> he knew them all. He popped him out. You and Gene did. Yeah, both of you guys. And it was scary. And then I was a little worried about, you know, that's when I started having to say, why does Terry know all this stuff? <laughs> yeah, all this conspiracy <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Well, we don't know what we don't know. I mean, we could be living in a parallel universe. But I was thinking about it. You know how everybody's saying, like, if there's a vaccine for the coronavirus, like, they're really going to inject a chip inside of you so that they can control you or, you know, whatever. And we've already verified they need to kind of get that ball rolling because I myself and all of my friends, I mean, we really only have 10, 15, 20 solid good years. So if they want to start controlling me to do weird <laughs> stuff, like I'm not going to, they're not going to want to control me pretty soon. I'm going to be boring. But I started thinking about it and all these people are doing those um, like 23andMe and all those things where you find out like your heritage or whatever. But don't you think that's a little dangerous too? Because then somebody has a little bit of your DNA and they can just pull it up with a button and be like, 
okay, you know, she's got this, that, and the other, so now we know everything. That, so that, I think that, that there, might there's be There's actually a really too. big concern, and not, not even conspiracy side, but first of all, I did 23andMe, and I was fascinated by the results, and Lisa did it too. But they're using it to find criminals and things because you can get few yes. familiar relationships. But but one of the, the, the concerns about that is, it's like, so you find out you are a high candidate, let's say, for breast cancer or for prostate cancer. And so when you're hitting 50, that's when those cancers start to happen. So if I'm an employer, I'm like, okay, this, you know, Sally here is her genetic profile says she's good chance she's going to get sick. So I'm going to fire Sally now because I don't want to deal with that. And, you know, genetic, you know, we talk about uh, all the racisms and bigotry. Genetic discrimination is very much on people's, uh, legitimately on people's long-term well, concern. It's got to be like the next thing that comes around is going to be like all these millions of people have their DNA on file with 23andMe and the other one that I can't think of the name of. I don't know. Ancestry.com. Yes. So I've never done it because I am afraid. If I could put the name like Jane Doe and like find out about myself, but I've been told in my family that and I, I have been able to trace back my family to Spain and like a little teeny town that's like ruins. It's not even there anymore. I can go back as far as like the 1100s. Yeah. But actually, but I tell you what a lot of people have also found out is that their family histories they thought they knew were totally wrong. I get some people all upset like, I thought I was, I thought I was Scottish nobility. Like, no, you're actually from, uh, from Spain and you're from this town and you're, you know, your father was a pig farmer. Right. And that's what I don't want to have happen. Well, and my grandmother, her family has been told that Pocahontas had a sister and her name was White Cloud. And she would be my great, 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 great grandmother. So what if I find out that's not true? Well, this is the whole thing. is, You know, it seems like everybody that does ancestor tracing always has some famous, important person in their history. And I'm like, you know, a lot of us don't come from anybody important. Well, I just want to keep being Pocahontas was my aunt. And I want to keep being from some teeny village in Spain. So I don't want to find out that I'm really from, you know, some crap This is what I'm saying. This is just like we're talking about other things. Science sometimes just makes it depressing. And for Keith, it would be a complete waste of money because you can talk to the guy for five minutes and ask him a couple of questions. And then you're like, okay, so you're 100% Polish. (laughs) Well, it would be a waste of time. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He is 100% Polish. But I tell you, though, on the legitimate fear about where this is going, and you ever heard of eugenics? Yes and no. Uh, Well, eugenics is part of what led to the Holocaust. It was the belief that there was a there's a true line of DNA and that if you're not there, you need to to get weed that out of the genetic pool. And so and this goes back. It was very in vogue in the 20s in the u.s and like in the teens president woodrow wilson was when he was governor of massachusetts before he was president literally signed a law to sterilize undesirables in massachusetts and they did like twenty thousand people of minorities people with disabilities they forcibly sterilized them Steve, that's awful and, it, and this isn't like made up conspiracy the revisionist people don't like to talk about that but he was big into eugenics well that's just awful and then what happens is once hitler took it to its horrible conclusion which is if you're not part of the aryans we don't want you and then killed all then, sure. then everybody said oh and they walked away from it but they were all talking about that back then well now with the new genetic things well that's just awful they're talking about well the baby i can take the baby now oh you want your son to be six foot two blonde hair blue eyes this right right the problem is if you get rid of 
spina bifida or something or that happens terribly in when things go wrong with dna you also get rid of einstein you get rid of the, crea- sure. the creative geniuses you know you get rid of salvador Dali's that do don't think like everybody else yes you can get rid of some bad things but you're going to get rid of the things that are great well we can agree on that i think that just sounds awful and diversity is what you know we talked about this with like even all the social stuff what makes black white Asian, Italian, it's not just who you are in your culture, but it's all part of that diversity is what makes things stronger. And like even in metallurgy, if you just have one type of metal, it's weak. But when you mix different metals and make an alloy, it gets really, really strong. And that's what makes fabrics of society strong and everything else. And if you try to vanillaize it and say, we're just going to use this strand of DNA, it's not going to be good. And this is where people, like you talked about celebrating white tea and black tea, but it's the idea is you celebrate that diversity and that makes everybody better. And that's where science sometimes loses that perspective where they, they think they can just fix and tweak things without really thinking of the human condition. And I'll get off my soapbox now. But Well, some of my favorite things about some of my favorite people are not their perfection. It's their flaws that endear me to them. Yep. So hopefully people, I mean, certainly they need to embrace me warts and all because... <laughs> Well, but amazing my nose, toes. my wrist, and my feet. Amazing toes, though. Um, we can go there. And I didn't know this until um, 15 years ago that there really is like an Aryan Nate. Like there really is an island where blonde hair, blue-eyed, you know, beautiful children were sent and raised and whatever. And a friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine, um, adopted children from Russia, and they are blonde blue they're from like that island where they sent the perfect people I, during the holocaust i did not know that i actually I'm, i wrote that down as a list that may make it into my next uh next version of the game that we're doing an international version next year and we're going to have it oh, translated good. into spanish and possibly french and why not norwegian i'm sure they would love it well the 12 people in norway that would want to actually play this game already speak english yeah but they like to see their stuff written their way well if lena and them want to do the translation then i'll print a norwegian version okay i don't have a keyboard that can even do the characters of nor of norway well steve it's time to step it up <laughs> well hey like i was so you'd be impressed that it'll be spanish and french that's going to be uh it's going to be our new platinum version well keith could do the french remember yeah, he's- I, I think but he's also polish so I don't know what he's going to inject when he does it. Well, it'll probably just be a lot of dirty words. <laughs> but yeah, this one we're going to actually have like little characters like little little Bigfoot or a Yeti, whichever you prefer. Oh my gosh, yes. This one's, we're, we're taking it up to the next level. It's going to be our, our international. It's all new questions again. And so we'll do it. So anyway, we'll look. Bing, bang, boom. So you remember where that came from? Well, remind me the episode so I can go and listen. Because if I'm being 100%, 100% honest, I really only do listen to the episodes like one time by myself. I, I have trouble hearing myself. So I listened to it once. So, I mean, they all kind of run together. I do like the monkey episode. I do like the discussion on the Yetis. I I mean, there's a couple of discussions that I look back on and sort of giggle to myself. But all in all, I can really, I can really only bear to hear myself once. Well, this is one of the things, like so when I do the editing, I have to listen to this over and over and over again as I'm going through it. But it's always funny. Everybody I've talked to about this, this, everybody hates their own voice. Well, do you just want to rip my throat out by the end? Are you like, oh my God, she's no, ridiculous. No, your, your voice sounds exact. You sound exactly like you always sounded and your sound effects are amazing. <laughs> amazing. 
Okay. Like, like, I still think oh. the one that you did for the Blair Witch Project may be the blah, 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 <laughs> That still may be that's my top favorite one. Well, and you sent me this, just a whole bunch of them mixed together, and I can't find it. I think my emails or my text messages must go away after a certain time. And it took it away from me. And it was very, very funny. Oh. So I'm sad that I can't go back and listen to it. If you find it, resend it to me. I'll well, save it somewhere. I'll find it, except it's grown now because I, I add to it every week. Oh, my God. It's and we, very and funny. We, oh, it's gotten better. It's, got, it's, just, it's just like right now, it's up to two minutes and 10 seconds of just sound effects. As a matter of fact, why don't we just end this week's Odds and Ends episode with the Terry sound effect montage of the first six months of the broadcast. So everyone enjoy and hope you have a great week and we will talk to you next week. And here we go. All right. All right. All right. Just, it, I just, uh, uh, so we just couldn't, it wouldn't, it's not, uh, K one, not K Y. Yeah. What up? Blah, 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 blah. Vino. Meep, boop, beep, boop. Uh, no, no. Blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, burp out. Burp, burp, burp. Nanu, nanu. Uh, aquatic man. Burp. Yes. <laughs> what? Gross. Uh, uh, I love the naked man. They're creepy as hell. Bing, bang, boom. Um, 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 um. Rick, 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 rick. Burp, burp. Blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. Burp, This one will blow your damn mind. Blah, 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 blah. Werewolves. Uh-huh. Do you hear that? Then there was like, bing, bang, boom, bam, Yes, what is it? Yeah, ain't spam. Uh, 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 uh,